0: You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. Since 2009, HRN podcasts have been exploring the wide world of food, beverage, and agriculture. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca, home of New York's craft cider. I love New York. Plan your getaway at visitithaca.com.
2: We talk about food. We talk about music. Music.
3: Bulls,
0: Snacky tunes. Hello and welcome to Snacky Tunes. I am one half your host, Aaron Bresnitz. We are celebrating Black Business Month by sitting down with the founders of Los Angeles' Prosperity Market, Carmen Deanne and Kara Still. We chat about their celebration of community, how they put the market together, the importance of knowing where your food comes from, and what Tasty Tunes you can expect at their pop-ups. They also talk about the trailer of the building and what lays in store for the future. And then we tune into our archives for a tasty performance from Boy Toy, where they share some of their summer fun surfer sounds. So please sit back and relax and enjoy Snacky Tunes here on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. <laughs> Herman and Kara, thank you so much for joining us on Snacky Tunes. How are you today? How are you feeling? Feeling
4: good. Feeling good, feeling great.
0: Amazing. Um, You know, in the last few years, it seems that community and food and how they tie together has never been stronger. Um, Why do you think that shift and alliance and and, and those two coming together? have been so prevalent in the last couple of years?
5: Um, I would say that, I think that it's been even stronger. One, because sometimes that was the only thing we had and we could do, uh, mm. you know, there was there was a moment when literally it's, we couldn't go or do any anything else other than sure. eat and be together. Um, and I think that at the end of the day, no matter what else there is, there's the connections and the bonds we have and the fact that we all need to eat. So like Mm -hmm. those two common things that happen in our life day in and day out, I think like just over the past couple of years, us having to kind of like whittle down everything we're doing to the essentials and the necessities and what's most important. Those are the kind of things that like we begin and end with those relationships and nurturing those relationships and ourselves through food.
0: Mm. Yeah. I definitely remember a couple of years when it was like, well, we'll go have another picnic in the park and we'll see each other and we'll basket each other's company. And and that is, it's, what it used to be taken for granted was seen as the ultimate pleasure and coming together in some ways. Um, you two have always been involved with local communities and champions of supporting uh, your neighborhood and things like that. Is that how you two met um, or how did you guys first connect?
4: Um, we met, we were both from Maryland. So we just knew each other from back in Maryland. Um, I don't know. I mean, I've always been so, a supporter of, you know, my community and, and and shopping and those type of things, but like an organizer, a champion, all of those things, I wouldn't say for myself, Um that's a it's a new role that has uh, fallen fallen into our laps.
5: Yeah, and um, we we separately actually came to LA and reconnected <clears> out <throat> here. So neither one of us knew that we would wind up here and reconnected here. And um, Carmen has uh, she's a makeup artist. I'm in fashion design. And over you know quarantine in 2020, everything that was happening, we were just really talking about. How, how it impacted us. And that's what had us start prosperity market and kind of take on these roles in a new a new way, something that we, we've never really done before.
0: Yeah. I mean, you bring up the pandemic, you bring up the magical year of 2020, and it really showed a spotlight on the food system and food inequality and access to food. Um, how do you see those two issues connected? Because it wasn't, I mean, I think beyond just food and security and food system, but also like food as a business and being able to survive and like keep your doors open and, and what that really meant.
4: I mean, over 2020, the only businesses that were open were, were food businesses, essential businesses. And I mean, it was, it was just such an eye-opening moment in, in a history and living history, current history, mm-hmm. current affairs. Um and what we saw, we saw huge support going towards black owned businesses, but there's also mm-hmm. you know a stat that says a dollar stays in our community for six hours. So to me, that means all of this money is just going in and out. It's not it's mm-hmm. it's not sustaining. So how do we actually circulate the dollars? How do we make it impactful? Like how do we actually keep this money in our community? And so in kind of exploring what that looks like and why the money is passing through like that, it, it really just brought us to the fact that we need more Black-owned businesses and we need more essential Black-owned businesses, um, which what is more essential than food? And mm-hmm. you, see, you see grocery stores, you see a Ralph's on every corner or, a,
0: well, we're, we're in L.A. There's a Ralph's on every corner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, or Bonds know. or Gelson's. Yeah. You know, whatever whatever you're your, I'm a TJ's boy myself, so you know.
4: <laughs> but but there are many communities that our communities that don't have grocery stores mm-hmm. on every corner or farmers markets or just like any healthy, affordable alternatives. So, and we have no black owned grocery chains or regional or national. So in exploring that, it the answer kind of illuminated itself. Like this is what we need to do.
5: I think um, you kind of hit the nail on the head, too, when you were just talking about, like, how it illuminated, like, the food system as a business. So, you know, on top of everything Carmen just said, we were all also waiting in lines to get into the grocery store. We all saw the backup in the supply chain and trying to get things into stores. And um, when businesses closed, Black-owned businesses were hit the hardest. Forty percent of all Black-owned businesses closed to not reopen. So it was like looking at all of these stats and saying, we all need food. We all should be able to, at the very least, have quality for what is our basic survival need and um, being able to also create an economic impact to infuse that with our survival. So it was kind of a combination of all of those things that Prosperity Market was born out of.
0: Yeah. And you start to look at it that it's, it's access as sometimes as a luxury of having the time And the ability to go wait in line for an hour, you know, some people don't even think about that, having that resource to say, like, I can still have my job, I can still, you know, look after my family, and I can still go do something which maybe took me 30 minutes, which is now like a two hour endeavor. And so by, you know, the prosperity market, and you creating that, in some ways, it changed the fundamental way that the system is set up to get access to food and to goods and to start thinking about, like, there's a different way that you can shop and feed your family.
4: Absolutely. And and the other part of what we do is we have really great farmers and vendors and great products that we can now take everywhere. So, you know, in L.A., it's very spread out. You know, if you live mm-hmm. if you live on in the valley, you're not necessarily going to Inglewood, you know, to do your to do your shopping. So this mm-hmm. way like, that with our model, our mobile trailer that I'm sure we'll get into. Oh, yeah. Um, We'll we're able to bring all these really great products to wherever you are. You'll have your day of the week where we'll show up.
0: Yeah. So for people who aren't familiar with the prosperity market, what is it? How to get started? What was that light bulb moment?
4: So go for it. <laughs> prosperity Market is a farmer's market on wheels and a food truck in one. Um, And we feature Black farmers, food producers, and chefs. And we travel all over L.A., conveniently bringing our curated farmer's market experience directly to you. And we make it easy to shop and support Black businesses while creating food access in our communities.
0: I mean, that's such an amazing and empowering type of model to know that the food's going to show up. And it's not just going to be... you know, a food truck or something like that, it's going to be like raw ingredients. And it's going to be people who are going to talk to you about how to make them and prep them. And you get to meet your farmer. I mean, it's, it's such, um, what have the reactions been when people see it? Is it like a little trepidation or people like, what is this? And then like, what's that moment when they realize like what, what you've actually created?
5: So, um, we are in the process of building our mobile trailer. And Mm -hmm. in the meantime, what we've been doing is doing monthly pop-ups all over LA. Yeah. yeah. So, so uh, we've actually gotten a really great response. We didn't even know at first we were going to (laughs) be popping up. Our plan was like, Oh, we're going to like come from fashion and makeup and come into the food industry and build this huge market trailer. And it was like, "Mm, maybe, maybe let's take a few steps back and build some traction and build some relationships. So it's been an amazing response. Like, With the businesses that we reach out to, the farmer connections that we've made, um, the neighborhoods that we've gone into, people literally love it. Um, Mm. We've had nothing but amazing uh, reactions from the vendors who are like, oh, my gosh, I've never experienced something like this and being a part of it. And you guys are so great to us and you care and you're organized to (laughs) the customers who are like – I've never had some of these products before and where can I get more and when are you coming back? And, um, it's just been an amazing, amazing experience. And I think it really highlights the missing that's been there Mm. the entire time when people are literally like, how soon are you coming back?
0: Yeah. I mean, farmers markets are ubiquitous in LA and in the area, but that doesn't mean they have, a clear point of view or they're open to maybe everyone who would want to be in, or maybe you go there and it doesn't have exactly what you're looking for. You seem to have found a specific niche and a different way to approach a farmer's market um, that are giving people access and education to something maybe they didn't even know they wanted.
5: I would, I would definitely agree with that. Um, And, and an experience. I think when people come to any of our prosperity market events, they they're like, it feels good. You know, anything that we create, they like the way it feels. And so they want to be a part of it and really want to support us. And that's been exciting too.
0: Yeah. I read that you uh, described it as a vibe, which is something I absolutely love. And it's just, you know, it's, you know, what's the setup? Like when people go for those who haven't been able to go to the pop up, what are, what are they going to experience when they walk in?
4: Well, one, because we rotate our locations, um, they can. They, it's, it's different for us, too, every time. So it's a new mm, experience. Right. But what you're always going to get is just really happy, informative vendors who they're going to tell you all about what they have, how to use it. Um, we have our farmers. We have um, hot food that you can eat right then and there, food trucks. Um, we have packaged foods and um, products that you can take home. And then we have some artisans, too. Uh, We always have a DJ, so it is a vibe. You you can
2: always
4: (laughs) have some good tunes there. Um, We often have raffles, so you can win prizes. Um, We have cooking demos um, sometimes. So we always try to keep it fun and have a lot of activities.
0: Now, look, we we do focus on food and music on this show, so I feel like I'd be remiss not to ask what people can expect to hear when they're hanging out at the market
5: our DJs are always amazing like we can't <laughs> tell you the number of times people have come up to us the DJ other people and they're like oh my gosh who is this they keep it rocking the whole time like just we we really have amazing DJs and you'll hear everything from like stuff from the past to current things like mm-hmm. it's a vibe but it's always family friendly so sure we, of course we've not we've not had any musical complaints ever.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't want to be uh, shopping for for greens and fruits and be like, I don't know if my daughter should be hearing this song this this early in the morning as well. Um, All right, let's take a a quick musical break. And then when we come back, I want to talk about some of the larger mission, uh, the second annual Black Business Scavenger Hunt, and um, some more of the the community outreach that you've been doing uh, with the prosperity market. We have a song from the archives here on Heritage Radio Network.
3: Come on, cherry, cherry still—that's not the beginning. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to Snacky Tunes. We're here with Carmen and Cara, the founders of Prosperity Market. Um, you know, you talked about the types of vendors and the curation and the community that goes into the market. Um, how did you start your outreach? How did you start building a roster? How does the, as much as you can share, I want to share the business side of it work and bringing these people in. Um, how, does, how does everything come together?
5: Well, um, the, the initial coming together was like, it was very interesting because we, we really took probably like six or seven months just to flush everything out, just to learn, mm. just to research, just to figure it all out from uh, June 2020 to our first pop-up, February 2021. Um, and so initially the, the vendors and farmers that we worked with, we literally cold called whether it was because Amazing. we researched and found them or somebody said, Oh, well, have you heard of this person? And so we were calling people and just being like, Hey, we know you don't know us, <laughs> but this is what we're doing. And would you like to be a part of it? And uh, surprisingly they were on board and it was just like, okay, yeah, let's, let's do this. Let's figure it out. So the farmers, I think were the most difficult because mm. we really had to change our view of what a farmer looks like and look at, urban farmers, backyard, backyard growers, um, community farmers, and things like that. Because when you're in Los Angeles, you're not thinking of like a farmer that has a lot of acreage, but there are mm-hmm. so many growers who can grow so much in a small space. And so those right. were the people that we made connections with first. And um, all of our farmers are local. And so that was really nice because, you know, we're just like, hey, would you like to sell your produce with us? And they they were really on board. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I mean, and that's a big risk because if you know you're going to a new market and you have these products that are degrading, you know, they eventually will go bad. If the people don't come out and you can't sell them, and you have the opportunity to go to just the market where you know people will come, that is a choice. That's like a good business choice. That's 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 money in your account. That's food on the table at the end of the day. So building that trust is really important. Um, what did you say to convince them?
4: <laughs> hey, um, I know that we don't know each other. Um, no, we're not farmers. No, I'm actually a makeup artist. But um, <laughs> right, 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 <laughs> no, right. Of course, we really just shared our vision, like our why. Mm. Like this is this is what we see, and this is what we think we can do. And and that i I think that everyone it was very easy to get behind because like we meant it, and we're very intentional about, about everything that we're doing.
5: Mm. And then yeah, we lived I mean, up to it. And so now they trust us. Yeah. <laughs>
4: it just so happened. It worked out great.
5: <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, no, because, I, you know, a lot of the times people would be like, I have an idea and we're doing it this Sunday. Can you make it? And you, you took the idea, you gestated on it. I mean, look, at the end of the day, you're two independent businesswomen working in very tough competitive fields. So I have to imagine that even stuff that wasn't directly um, – market related or, or farming related you were able to apply what it meant to put it bare their business bring out that like you know that that hustling and 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 you know sort of being like this is what we need to make sure that we have some success and not just one time a long-term success and make it more of something more permanent
5: we definitely have taken um our unique perspective and brought it to farmers market and and like the agricultural food space i think um, and I think people kind of feel that too. Like our tagline is like "not your average market," and we really, we really aren't. And I think that kind of shows up just in the fact that we have non-traditional backgrounds coming into the space.
0: Yeah, um, I think it's really interesting to see not just the the pop-ups and and the the eventual um, mobile truck, but your desire to really transform the system. How do you see their being a larger shift, like what do you ultimately want to see change in local farm markets or in the setup of food and business and in the community?
4: Um, what was interesting to me that I learned during this journey is that you know California, we we grow the most food, we have the most mm. agriculture. Um, we, but we also have the largest number of, uh, quote unquote food deserts, the largest communities mm-hmm. that, that just don't have access to this healthy, affordable food. And that's really mind blowing. Cause it's like, we grow it all. So where is it going? Yeah. So they're right. exporting all of this and it's, it's, it just really showcases how intentional things are like they're, they're the way they are. It's intentional, you know, and especially now with all of the, the shortages and, and things that are happening, we can avoid all that if we actually just focus on local. If we just grow our local food and we build our local ecosystem and we sell to each other and we work with each other, we can really avoid a lot of these big issues that we're seeing. And it it sounds very simple. I mean, I'm sure I'm oversimplifying it quite a bit, but I do think that the solutions are that simple. I mean, in theory, you know, you find the problems when you start looking at it, but...
0: But I think in some ways the food system has become overly complicated. And, you know, part of that comes with education. Part of that saying like, hey, you are not going to be able to eat this type of food during this part of the year. It just doesn't exist uh, unless you want to fly it in from South America or a different part of the world. But you know what? Here's other foods that are in abundance that are 25 miles away in in California carm country not only are we going to teach you about the food, but we'll teach you how to make it. And I see education as a big part of what you're doing. How far do you want to teach people when they come to the market? Like what are the educational goals around food and and, uh, farmers?
5: Um, I think that we've actually barely scratched the surface on what we want to do Mm. in terms of educating um, our customers and the people that we work with and are connected to. And that's to only only because right now they're just two of us really kind of doing everything. But
2: sure, of education
5: course. Is, is a really big part of it. And that's why I think we're so happy that our farmers and so many of our vendors are not only knowledgeable, but personable enough to want to share and teach. Um, when, I, just like you said, when people don't know what grows in what seasons, it can make a big difference. When people are kind of intimidated by a food that they don't see all the time, um, and they're not sure how to use it. It's like really about meeting people where they are and then kind of like expanding from there. Like, okay, what are you used to? What makes sense for you? And then, hey, maybe this is something you can incorporate into that. And for us, it's a learning as well. So it's Mm. not even just about like learning at the farmer's markets, but it's about being able to then take that home and then educate, you know, someone else in your life and someone else in your life and creating partners with Prosperity Market that can help us to continue to do that. Because we definitely don't have all the answers, but we know a lot of people who can teach a lot of things. So education is a key component to what we're doing that we only want to expand from here.
0: I mean, that's amazing. You know, there's understanding your food, where it comes from, but also how to use it, how to cook it, not be intimidated of it. I mean, You know, I remember the first time I got rhubarb and I was like, what am I, do I peel this? Like, what do I do with this? And, you know, you feel like, you're like, I don't don't know, but like understanding the food and understanding what we can do with it, it's very empowering. It gives you like this sort of freedom and gives you options of what you're going to cook and what you're going to feed yourself and your family and your friends. Um, Is that one of the misses of the market to empower people, to give them this freedom through their food?
5: 100 percent um i think that so often in certain communities one farmers markets aren't really an option or two they're thought of as as like not for me and so coming into a market where you can feel comfortable no matter who you are and know that like you can actually talk to the people there to make it make sense for you, I think is a, is a really big deal. Um, because then you feel like, Oh, not only can I have this shopping experience, but when I'm not at this market, maybe I'll even feel so empowered that I can try something on my own.
0: Hmm. Yeah. It's sort of like when you go to a record store and someone tells you about a band and the influences and gives you a lot of context and you're like, Oh, cool. Like, I understand what's going on now. And then you share that band with your friends. But then maybe you go out and go to another record store and you find something else. It's just like, oh, I get the context. Like, I understand this and I can share it and I can enjoy it. Like, it it enriches my life. It's just, and just, you know, people just sort of lose sight of that with food Uh, and understanding that, like, oh, you can know about Brussels sprouts. You can know about sweet corn. You can know about almonds or leafy greens or things like that. And like, there's, I don't know, food can become like this cool vibe. And it's just all about how you present it and give people access to.
5: Yeah, I like that record vibe, that that record analogy, because it's like if you hear oh, feel about free to
0: use it. That's that's yours.
5: It's, all, no, all it's great, yours all like day. if you hear about a band and then you find out about yeah. their influences or the people that that they like, then it's like, oh, well, maybe I'll listen to them too. And it's the same with food. It's like, oh, okay, well, like if I find out that I can use this inside of this dish, well, mm-hmm. then this is also tastes similar to that. So maybe I can try this. Like it's that same kind of thing when you're just like, Oh, okay. Like, well, that kind of tastes like that, or I can put this in here. So then maybe I can exactly. try versus like no. giving yourself a pat on the back. Like, Oh, I just gave somebody all of these fruits and vegetables and they don't know what to do with it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's like, yeah, I don't, well, I don't have plums, but I have apricots and I know what stone fruits are so I can swap them out. Just even understanding that is just like such a beautiful thing. So, it's also um, even
4: just having that ownership over, like, the, mm, I know where this food comes from. Like, I talked sure. to this person. It's like discovering a new talent in a, like, very intimate show, like an intimate show. And that's your artist. I just wanted to keep the reference going.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. It, it's it's all it. day. We'll spend that record all day. Um, <laughs> so uh, I know uh, we are in the middle of celebrating uh, Black Business Month, and you are doing some promotions with the market. Um, through the second annual Black Business Scavenger Hunt, which is very cool and a great way to explore the city and check out new businesses. But I'd love to hear the, the details behind it, how it came came to be, and how people can participate.
4: So um, I'll start with the details.
0: <laughs> so,
4: August is Black Business Month. So, we are doing a Black Business Scavenger Hunt. We have put out clues to over 50 local black owned businesses so you can follow the clues you can find the clues a treasure map an interactive treasure map mm. on our website so you can actually see where the clue is on the map and you can get directions and then we also have a black business word bank if you need a little extra help the answers on the word bank so um, it's just a fun way to explore the city and to find all of these really really cool businesses and you get points for checking in at the businesses and Love all it. of those points Add up to prizes that you get At our market on August 27
0: Oh I mean it's, it's you know
5: It's super it's simple to play support. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And so whether, whether You intentionally like go to our Website or our social media mm-hmm. To start playing or even if you stumble On it like when you go into Love a that. restaurant If you see That's that cool. QR code you scan It you take a picture post It and tag us and you're in the game I that's love it that. it's I just love that. simple you start earning points
0: a little surprise and delight a little discovery I mean especially in LA sometimes it just feels so like unobtainable to have that guide and say like hey this is you know check out these places they're all connected and we're going to show you how they're connected
4: one of our businesses posted on Instagram a couple came in and that was their date they were doing the scavenger hunt as their date oh and that's so that cute was- yeah isn't it
0: I mean, that's, I mean, that's, I don't know. That's a great, you know, if you're swiping, I don't know, right or left. I, I don't know. I've, never been <laughs> <laughs> I, I've been married for a long time. I've no that works, but what a cool idea you to swipe suggest. Up. Swipe up, swipe down. Um, I don't know, swipe to the market. Um, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to end on this quote of yours that I read, which I really, really love. And I think it's sort of what you've been talking about the whole time, which is when you have an actual face behind your work, you go harder. And I love that idea of n- meeting the people in the community, seeing who's growing your food, seeing who's buying your food, like putting the faces to what has become a very disconnected, faceless industry, which is, you know, the global food system. What have you seen in those people who come to the markets for a time? Like, what have you seen on their faces when they really connect and they understand? And what do you hope it means for the future?
4: We see, like, I see, you can see their excitement. Like, you can see that they've just, like, they've just discovered something. It's a gem, you know? It's like a, mm. <clears throat> you can actually see that discovery, and then they keep coming back, and they have, like, their people that they go to. Like, you know, I get my eggs from Farmer Ken, or I get Love my it. sunflowers from here. I get my my tomatoes from Brian at Here We Grow. Like, it, it is really exciting to
5: see people just take to it. I think Mm. for the future, I hope that it means that people will be interested, you know, like Mm. everybody doesn't want to grow their own food and that's fine. Um, Everybody doesn't want to be a culinary chef and that's fine. But I, I hope that it creates interest to talk about food on a deeper level than what are you getting from the grocery store um, to be curious about like where it comes from or how it grows or what you can do with it or who grew it. Um, mm. So I, th- and, I think that, yeah. yeah, just a curiosity and a conversation to look at, look at food newly.
0: And what those stories are and the people behind it and how they got there. That you know, just being like, Oh yeah, I got the zucchinis from this guy and his father grew this and his grandfather grew that, you know, and just, Knowing, knowing the stories behind the food just enriches the experience. And then you share them with your friends. And it's, just, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Um, congratulations. If people want to learn more about the prosperity market or the black business scavenger hunt or just follow along, where can they go? How can they get involved?
4: You could um, find all the information about us and the scavenger hunt on our website, prosperitymarketla.com. And you can follow along in real time on Instagram at prosperity.market.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you both. Congratulations. Uh, Can't wait to check out the market myself. Uh, We have a song from the archives and then a live performance from the archives here on Heritage Radio Network.
1: This episode is brought to you by Visit Ithaca, helping you to plan your next getaway. Ithaca has waterfalls and wineries, art and theater, outdoor recreation, and family fun. The area is famous for its glacier-carved gorges, co-op-run businesses, and cultural influences from Cornell University and Ithaca College. Plus, you can't beat the beauty of Cayuga Lake, the largest of the Finger Lakes. Beyond 150 waterfalls and some of the region's best hiking trails, Ithaca is cider. The area is well-known for its local cideries, which are leading the way in America's cider revival. You can hear from the region's cider makers directly on HRN series Hardcore. There's something really special about Ithaca's climate for cultivating delicious apples steeped in history and terroir. Let Visit Ithaca help you plan your next trip to this hub of food, drink, culture, and agritourism. Home of New York's craft cider, I love New York. Get started at visitithaca.com. This episode is brought to you by Tabard Inn. Tabard Inn, Washington, D.C.'s quintessential hotel, is located on a quiet, tree-lined street just five blocks from the White House. Vibrant yet unassuming, the Tabard is comprised of 35 sleeping rooms, each unique in character and design. Feast on an eclectic American cuisine in their acclaimed restaurant, or enjoy a cocktail served on the beautiful patio, which has ample room for social distancing. Travelers from around the world find the Tabard the only place to stay when taking their travels to Washington. For more information, visit tabardin.com.
0: Right now, live in studio, we have Boy Toy. Welcome to the show. Hi! Hey. Uh, do you want to go around the room and introduce yourself and what you play?
6: Hi, I'm Chase. I play the drums. Hey, scoot over. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lena, and I play the bass sometimes.
7: Hey, I'm Glenn, I play guitar.
8: I'm Sarah, and I play guitar and sing.
0: You just got back from European tour. Where did you go? Any food highlights?
8: Yeah. Oh, uh, we went Ooh. basically yeah. everywhere except Spain and Portugal. Uh, and Portugal. Where is everywhere? Um, Italy, Switzerland, Germany, Vienna, Austria. Uh, Czech Republic, <laughs> UK, France, Brussels.
0: Okay, everywhere. We didn't go to Serbia. No Serbia. No no Serbia. Slovenia.
7: No Poland. Or
0: Croatia. Were you on tour with anyone?
8: Mm -mm. No. Ourselves and an Italian driver.
0: Oh, amazing. So were there local opening
6: bands for it, or what were the bills look like? Some shows, yeah.
7: Sometimes. A lot of the times you play just by yourself, which is really strange, but uh, people really dig one band shows there.
0: Yeah. Opening, middle band, headliner, (laughs) that's it.
8: We rolled up to uh, Hamburg. We n- we never no, I'm played.
0: saying you're playing all the roles, Oh, yeah, right.
6: oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three sets, no of, break in three
8: between. Three
0: sets. Just repeating songs Four in different sets. orders. Oh,
6: man. When we were in Frankfurt, we played on a boat. And they started stomping when our set was over. So they wanted us to play another song. So we, like, they wouldn't stop stomping, so we kept playing. And I played another song, and then they kept stomping again. And then we ran out of songs, so <laughs> we had to make up songs.
0: Oh yeah, how'd it go? New, re- yeah, I mean, we're gonna talk about the new record, but I'm sure that's half the material.
6: Yeah, most is from that boat in
0: Frankfurt. <laughs> the Frankfurt sessions.
8: Yeah, it ended up being really cool. Like that was one of my favorite shows because we like basically the promoter forced us and tricked us into playing he another encore. Us. He was like, told each of us individually that the other person was already ready to play, and they were. Oh, waiting she's for waiting us.
6: for you. Yeah. yeah
2: <laughs>
8: but then it turned out to be like this really cool like improvised thing that. That was different than any other show, so.
0: How did you, did you, none of you talk to each other? Were you just like, oh, she's up there, like, no. we'll yeah, like he <laughs>
7: ran over yeah. and they weren't
6: ready yet, <laughs> yeah? And he phrased
7: it. He was like, no, Ch- Chase, Chase promised me two songs, and we were like, well, I mean, we can't. I guess, okay, sure. And then after we played, we we're like, Chase, like, did you talk to him? And she, and he was like, she was like, no. He told me that you guys were up he there. He said you guys were angry, me. waiting,
6: angry.
0: Like a lot of like mistrust from a Frankfurt promoter.
7: <laughs> yeah, he's awesome though. Yeah, he, he wrote, and then we were leaving. It, it took a long time to get out of there. And he, um, we were walking because uh, he's taking us to where we're going to stay. He's like, first, though, I have to show you the most German thing ever. Like, <laughs> oh, my God. And, and right when he says this, this bus just opens the door. And this like big German guy just falls out holding his beer and just is like laughing. Like falls on his head.
6: <laughs>
8: and like, the beer doesn't <laughs> spill. What he was really going to show us was a bar. But just <laughs> it happened at the most like exact perfect moment. And he was like, well,
0: that
6: was pretty German. Okay, he like, that's, got that's back one. on the bus. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, the bus opened to let other people off. He fell off the bus, and he got back on. Was <laughs> it a
0: party bus or just like a no. public bus? No. yeah, oh. yeah public, public transit. going home. Oh.
7: Yeah. <laughs> so then the promoter was like, all right, I'm going to show you the second most German thing <laughs> there is.
0: Uh, so what were some of the food highlights from around oh. Europe?
7: God.
8: The I, wine everywhere is amazing, <laughs> and like three euro.
6: Um, Just skip food and go straight. <laughs> uh, well,
8: uh, gas stations, also surprisingly, like in Italy have and Switzerland, are like gourmet salads and pastas and. Oh, the faux gras. Uh, well, oh, yeah. sorry. It was in,
7: sorry, in but France. But we had
6: faux gras That was in, where the
7: best food was this time. Dipped Talk
6: in what? Faux gras, Glenn. Oh, my God.
7: God, so the foie gras was on this, like, little brownie cake, and there's foie gras, and it was coated with gold leaf. So you'd eat it, and you'd have this, like, little gold remnants on your mouth just looking totally guilty, because you just indulged (laughs) in, like, six... I didn't know how many foie gras bites were too many.
0: I'm sorry, did you say it was on a brownie?
7: Yeah, it (laughs) was, like, a little... But, like, the smallest, like, thin little brownie. It was, like, a brownie with, with, like, some
8: apricot or something in between, and then foie gras, and then... Dusted in like, like literal this gold, gold. cover. I, we all thought it was chocolate truffles. Yeah, right. I thought it was
6: dessert. And then it was heaven. Heaven.
0: heaven. Pur- was, pure it was, heaven. It
6: was too advanced for me. I was like varsity level, but Glenn was, she's an adult. <laughs> well, Glenn, how many is too many?
7: <laughs> well, I had to I cap to five. Okay. So I, I had some restraint. But the good news was is that they were serving it again the next day.
0: Yeah. Oh, so, perfect. So yeah. how many did you have the next day?
7: <laughs> you know, I'd prefer not to
0: disappear okay.
7: those. You got like your iron. Pete is going to call. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Pete going to call.
6: Um, the muscles in Benique too.
8: Those were awesome. Le. I felt great. And then
6: realized they were
8: all just soaked in Really rich butter, and I'm lactose intolerant.
0: Oh, yeah, there's some like food allergies spread yeah. out amongst you.
8: So I felt really, I, we ate all these like three pots of mussels, and I was like, man, I feel awesome. And then 10 minutes later, I was like, I feel terrible. This is going to be a problem.
0: <laughs> and, uh, uh,
6: oh, is it a the problem? Sound a wind? Yeah, I think that's the problem. Oh, sound that's so,
2: <laughs>
8: that's, that's, that's star the, is the that passing of so. wind. It's oh, happening, again. It's happening again. The tide is gone. Ah-woo-ga
0: can we hear a song yeah what are you gonna play for us first
8: poison breeder
0: great here we are with boy toy live on snacky tunes Just recorded a new album in Topanga Canyon. Why out there? Because it's heaven on earth. There's
7: <laughs> crystals in the soil. Well, the last record we did, we recorded in the middle of the winter in Philadelphia in like a basement. It was great because it was like a cozy vibe. I don't know. And then it was just nice to go somewhere different and um, be able to not put on a parka every morning.
0: Do you think the setting influenced the type of music and the songs that are going to be on the record?
7: Absolutely, for sure.
1: yeah. <laughs>
8: yeah. it's super it. groovy. Yeah. It's so California, chill. sunny. You surfed a lot. Yeah, um, right vibes.
7: There's still some so- there's some songs about New York that definitely have like New York vibes, but yeah. it's like not soft, infiltrated by no. yeah, infiltrated by California. How
8: long were you out there? We we've been doing this thing where we go to LA for the winter for the past two years. So we got out to L.A. at the end of January and did all pre-production stuff in February. And then we stayed uh, where we recorded for about three weeks in Topanga.
6: He had pet pigs.
0: Pet pigs? Yeah. Yeah. What were they named?
6: Flower, who is an angel, princess. I want to buy her a Barbie Jeep. (laughs) <laughs> and Mr. Pickles who was a total asshole.
7: Mal, mm. uh, Flower is Malibu model. She's yeah. famous.
0: Is she really? Yeah. Is she on Instagram?
7: She was she could in be, no.
6: but she's no. above that. She's <laughs> in magazines. She's in, she only does print she's work. Like now. Vogue I, Italia. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: did you go out with a batch of songs that were a little bit harder New York based and then how did like the California seep into it or were the songs not totally written till you got out there?
8: We we recorded with um, Kyle Malarkey. Um, he did the Alalas and the Growlers stuff, um, and was a really amazing producer. We had these bunch of songs that we like worked on, and then got into the studio, and a lot of them changed a lot to the point where like we'd be doing like listening back on stuff and be like, "Wait, what song? What song is this?" <laughs> yeah. And then some songs are half written, and we finished them in the studio.
0: What's the plan for it coming out? Is it Ooh. done, mixed, mastered? It's
7: mixed, it's done, it's mixed. It's not mastered yet. We're going to do that over here. Um, We're yeah. on the prowl. Yeah. We're on the prowl right now. Figuring out how we
8: want to put it out and who we want to put it out with. Watch out.
0: Any, uh, any ideas? Any ones you want to oh. call out to? <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> do have, a few not, have a few not ideas. Clive Davis and Mutt Lang. <laughs> Hi
0: Master Hi Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi Hi I went to his school We should just call him up
6: Yeah
7: We
6: just ca- <laughs> if, if Could you just call Clive
0: You said you did the he school He owes me
7: money Oh yeah I went to NYU I did the uh, Clive Davis I guess now they call it The Institute of Recording Music But before then It was just the department uh, Recording department
0: It's just probably Part of your tuition that You can just call him you, Everyone gets one email to him so That what? he has Honestly, to answer really Totally
6: should be. <laughs> <laughs>
0: For that amount of money like It's like Barbados. You gotta write me back buddy Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what are you going to play for us? Want. Want.
7: This is off a 7-inch that we released last winter before we went out to L.A.
0: So this is true New York, Philadelphia winter true vibes. New
7: York. We recorded it ourselves. And no, this this we
8: recorded in the summertime. In the
6: summer, actually. It
8: came out in the winter. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it came we out. We recorded in the this year. in the summer in... A studio that Glenn was renting in the it's Navy hot. Yard. Hot, it was hot, and we all had to take our clothes off in a studio because it would be like probably a hundred degrees, and they're actually hot,
0: like physically hot,
8: physically be hot, be sexually physically
2: hot.
0: physically hot. I remember my first really summer in New York where I thought I could get away with not having a air conditioner oh, until i no. like went home with someone and then i realized that it's not even hot it's just physically no. hot it's and it's noble to try. It, you,
7: yeah, you have
0: to try it once so you know. Maybe solo but yeah, solo is fine but with one friend. one other friend it just like not not great. <laughs>
6: yeah.
0: <laughs> not a good look. Not a good no, not very uh, professional. <laughs> <laughs>
6: oh, but
0: <you're> a DJ. <laughs> uh here we go, live on Snacky Tunes. <laughs>
6: At first, it was
0: my cowbell. That cowbell.
6: <laughs> I can't really hear it.
0: it. Yeah, I can't hear it either. I
6: think I need to turn. The Can you turn, of it my turn it up? Turn it up, please. Turn
0: up that cowbell. All right. <laughs> One of the things you mentioned before the show is that you love talking about bands that you uh, like. Who are some of your favorite yeah. bands? Yeah. And uh, shout them out.
8: Shocking Blue. Oh man, we just saw the Rascals. Th- yeah, Felix Cavallari and the Rascals. It's a good name. Um, uh, well, they were just the Rascals in the '60s, the and young then they rascals. they broke up. And now the drummer does Dino and the Rascals, and he does Felix
0: and the Rascals. Rival band, same songs? Yeah. Ugh. Sucks. Sucks. Yeah. I hate to see that. Yeah. Is, there audience, is the audience? Is the uh, audience? Oh, big people. enough? No, I know, but do they oh. have enough support to support two bands?
6: I think so. I think so. I don't know. I think they need. Um, no, I can't talk too much about Rascals business. It's
0: too deep. Too
6: deep. Too close. But Your father was a
0: rascal. Yeah,
6: <laughs> it's a really cool story too about his daughter. I was friends. I had this friend named Laura in Nashville. And then I posted this picture about Dino, the drummer. I was like, I fucking love this guy. And she was like, you know, that's my dad's band. I was like, Whoa. what? Her name's Laura Cavalieri, and I thought maybe she was related to Felix, but I was like, too, I don't know. I was like, no way. And, uh, yeah, uh, anyway, she go-go danced at our show at Babies last week. Really? That, yeah, another one. Another, Wait. That's name. Right. Yeah. <laughs> did
0: you get to meet Dino?
6: No, we met Felix. Oh, we, just met, oh, we met Felix. Felix. Yeah. Oh. Dino is... Um, I don't know. I and their guitarist, um, Gene. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sad story. You hate to see that happen. Yeah. All these decades, can't pull back together. It maybe just on, run, runs too deep though. Yeah, they're trying.
6: A lot of
0: history. A lot of Who else are you listening to? Um,
8: love the band Witch.
7: Yeah, they're the Z- Zambian
8: Seventies rock, rock and roll band.
7: Also love the uh, the the other Witch. With the J Maskus Kyle Thomas, which that's great too. But we listen to a lot of the Zambia, which.
8: Michael Ralt oh, awesome. is really awesome. Yeah, Contemporary yeah. dude. He's making a new record right now
0: at Daptone. Really? Like right, right over on Troutman. Love those guys. They've been on the show a long time ago. Cool. I think he was on here in our first year of doing stuff. They're great.
7: Yeah. There's uh, this band from Nashville we just played with called Roman Polanski's Baby. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Ooh, tough yeah. name.
7: Oh, man.
8: <laughs> <laughs> we met them through this band, Pujol, who's really awesome. Yeah, they're both Pujol's good. from Nashville. They play like power pop, like kind of like the, smart. the smart DBs smart and Elvis Costello. They're great. It's
7: all just like super tight, kind of like rock.
8: La Luz is cool.
0: La Luz is cool. Shout out Bad to the bass player. <laughs> Want to make sure we get one more song in. Last question. Yeah. You're all into gear favorite piece of gear and why take it around the room oh. don't think too hard
8: it's right now no drum
6: it's nine inches <laughs> <laughs> I
8: love my music master uh, bass vendor
7: yeah man I played a Bassman 50 watt but added of 2 15 speakers in France and I fell in love with it it might be might be many of family members that's the
0: next that's the next purchase
7: that's oh, so cool yeah. Perfect. The the, the 15-inch speakers are really
0: That's what really did it for you, though. Yeah,
7: totally.
0: Well, thanks for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Stay tuned for the new record. Hear the old records. Listen to... BoyToyBand.com. Yep. Instagram,
7: at
8: BoyToyBand. Facebook. BoyToyBand. You could go to
7: BoyToy.com, but it's...
0: I'm sorry one more time what was that boytoy.com
8: boy toy. boy I oh, did I get that right <laughs> yeah and then go to boytoyband.com gotta go both the same and just
7: challenge. send us an email with the differences you see and if there's any upgrades we could do to our website
0: oh perfect and yeah. uh, we'll get you an amplifier for the cowbell for the final oh, song
7: finally uh, <laughs> an electric cowbell electric cowbell oh.
0: big thank you to Chef Lorena Garcia uh, we are off next week, but then we'll be back with a brand new episode of Snacky Tunes. Uh, head over to Apple Podcasts to get to our archives. Check us out, leave us a message, rate us, whatever you want to do. What are you going to take us out with?
8: We're going to do a cover. Oh. Is that okay?
0: Totally fine.
8: Okay. It's, it's uh, called When the Night Falls by the Eyes. Oh, that's great. And we um, We have
7: it on a
6: seven inch.
8: Yeah, we have this on a seven inch. Perfect. And can you get that at
0: boytoy.com?
8: You can. Oh,
0: perfect. I think.
6: Yeah. If, if it's not available, just email us at boytoyband at gmail We'll ship it in seven in nine
0: days. in like two months. From, we're, actually we're pretty
8: we're pretty punctual unless we're on tour.
0: Oh, that's a good trait to have. Yeah. So. Um well, thanks for listening, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new episode of Snacky Tunes. Thanks,
8: thanks for, having for having us.
0: Thanks for coming.